Hi everyone, my name is Irvin. I'm John. And I'm Kyle. And this is The Theology Podcast. So we were on a break last week and uh, before that, we were on a series called Morning where we looked at the brokenness of ourselves and the world around us and we lamented and, you know, grieved the sin, the suffering that we feel and finally the death that we experience in, in whatever form in the world around us. The world around us is broken, but the psalmist writes in Psalm 30 verse 11 that you, God, Yahweh, you have turned my mourning into dancing. And what, what a beautiful image that is, you know. Um, it reminds me so much of the 23rd Psalm when the shepherd leads his sheep from a garden-like place through the valley of the shadow of death and emerging on the other side, he enters a home, a house, a house prepared for him, a place abundant and better than the first garden, which was already pretty beautiful. Today, as we look at a passage from the letters of Paul, I want us to, you know, Im- imagine ourselves emerging from this valley of the shadow of death. And there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And as you emerge, let us shema the words that our Apostle Paul has to say to us. So Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, from verse 51 to 58, he says, Listen, I will tell you a mystery. We will not all die, but we will all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we will all be changed. For this perishable body must put on imperishability and this mortal body must put on immortality. When this perishable body puts on imperishability, and this mortal body puts on immortality, then the saying that is written will be fulfilled. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved, be steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the work of the Lord, because you know that in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. So here we have Paul talking about the bodily resurrection. And we've, as we've looked at the idea of mourning, especially when we think about death, we saw that our response, our appropriate response is to respond in submission, that we move forward in submission to death, just as Jesus did in the garden when he said, if it's not my will, but your will, I will, I will go through this valley of the shadow of death for the sake of God's will. And on the other side, there is this resurrection. And that's where God turns our mourning into dancing. And we celebrate that. And so Paul, he talks about this in this passage and he's talking about the last day and he's talking about a physical resurrection and how our physical bodies will be transformed. But then the very last verse is what I really wanna focus on here because so often we think about, oh, well, in the last day, everyone will just kind of, their spirit will fly out of the graves and we'll all fly off to heaven and we'll be happy and, and live forevermore with our angel wings and our halos. But 
Paul says all these things about the, this transformation process that we go through uh, as resurrected people. But then the very last verse is what I want to focus on, where he says, Therefore, my beloved, be steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the work of the Lord, because you know that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. And I think Paul is connecting our physical presence in this world now to the resurrected life, which we receive and are receiving even now, even before we actually die. And so the question is, well, what does that look like? You know, how does the story show us how to how to move as the people of God from death into new life? It's not just we wait until we die and then, oh, now I can experience it. So what does that look like for us? Well, yeah, I guess the first and most basic thing that I, I can kind of observe is that our resurrected life in the future has a great impact on how we live today. We can't be living the same way as we did before we receive the gift of resurrection in the future. Mm. I'm looking at the words steadfast and immovable and this speaks powerfully, I think, in a world where it is easy to lose hope. It is easy to be swayed by currents of social change and movements across the world that try to say, you know, that it, we don't have a purpose. There is no point to living. This world is just going to devolve into nothingness and we are just here as an accident. And here, what I'm hearing from this call to be steadfast and immovable because of this steadfast hope that we have in our physical resurrection is that we can say, no, this hope is secure. Our hope in a future reality of God's resurrection and restoration of this world, that gives us the strength to live here as, as, though, as though we are already resurrected, do you think? Yeah, as though we are already resurrected. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we, we bring the future into the present by living out the resurrected life. Yeah, I think that's right. I think so often culture, society, media, we, they, they give us this like nihilistic view of the world. Like everything's going, you know, going terribly. Everything's going to be destroyed. And it is very easy for us to absorb that into our faith and say, well, if this world is going to burn up anyway, it doesn't really matter what, what happens right now. But that's not true. And I think that's what Paul's trying to say here in verse 58 of this passage is, be steadfast and immovable. In other words, live the resurrected life now. Mm. And in so doing, we kind of hasten the kingdom of God coming in this physical space. Because for me, and I don't know how you guys feel about this, you know, it's the, the, the movement for beyond this life it's hard for us to um, understand and comprehend. What is heaven going to be like? You know, we have all these images and these understandings of it. But one of the things that I see when I constantly look at scripture is the idea that God cares about the created world. He doesn't want to just throw that in the rubbish bin. Mm. God has a plan to redeem and to renew that. And so he says things like in Isaiah, I'm making all things new. And he says that in the book of Revelations, like, behold, look at this, this new thing. I'm making all things new, the new heaven and the new earth. God cares greatly about what he's created already, including us. And he wants us to live the way he intended us to, which is the resurrected life. So how does an acceptance of, you know, new life, this resurrected life, transform us as God's people? What would it look like if we realized that the resurrection is not something that happened only 2,000 years ago? That the resurrection is not something that's just going to happen in the faraway future, you know, when uh, Jesus comes again. But it's something that should be happening right now, that should be transforming us right now. What does that look like? That takes on a personal spin, I think. Because I can go to church on a Sunday and I'm feeling riled up and zealous for God, right? I feel, yes, praise the Lord, life is good. And then Monday is okay and Tuesday it starts to get worse. And by Wednesday, I'm feeling 
my I'm hopeless. My life is a total mess. And I see my flaws. I'm I see the ways that my interactions with people are broken. I see habits that I do that I don't like about myself. And and then I feel hopeless about myself. And then I can either cave into that and believe, okay, you know what? Maybe I am hopeless after all. Maybe the resurrection is not really for me. Maybe that's just a Sunday thing. Or if Paul, if what Paul is saying is true, then the resurrection is at work in me. I'm in the process of being restored. I'm in the process of my mortality, putting on immortality, my perishability, my fallenness, putting on the imperishableness of the new kingdom. And that restores hope. That gives the courage to go into Thursday and Friday and think, you know what? God's at work here and despair has no place. John, actually, I like what you mentioned just now about, you know, Sunday, you feel really close to God. And then maybe Monday, you go back to work or school and then you start to feel... It's it's almost like death is creeping back into your life, you know. And Mm -hmm. I I don't know if you guys have ever felt that before, you know. Um, It's It's almost almost, like the illusion of... Sunday was almost an illusion, a temporary thing. And And this is the real world. And this is the real world. Yeah, I opened my inbox on Monday and then there it is. (laughs) (laughs) But, But it should be the other way around, isn't it? It should be that Sunday is the real thing and yeah. that this world around us, this is just, it's a mirage. It's, it's a lie from the father of lies that your life is meant to be filled with deathly things, mm. you know? And it's, when I feel like that, I almost feel as if the forces of evil are laughing at me, saying, death, this is your sting. Death, this is your victory. But in actual fact, death no longer has any victory. Death no longer has any sting. For me, I've come to pray recently that the Spirit of God in me will conquer all these deathly impulses and even forces that are trying to work on me. Because who is the Spirit but the life-giving force of God? It was the Spirit that gave life to Adam. It was the Spirit that descended upon Jesus as He was baptized, which is a symbol, of course, of new life. One practice that I try to do nowadays is if I have a day where something bad happened and I'm feeling very low. When I go to bed, my prayer is, God, I confess today has been not one of the best days. Now I I lie down to sleep, which is a kind of death. And I offer that to God. And then I, I pray, believing and trusting that tomorrow will be a new day. I will open my eyes and I awake into the resurrected life. That's all we have for this week on The Theology Podcast. See you next week.